For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey, everybody. WFO Radio is back. Texas Fall National Stampede of Speed Winners Edition. And we got three of them. We got Ron Caps. We got Justin Ashley. We got Hector Arana Jr. Later on in the week, we're going to hear from Erica Enders. We're getting Texas into the rearview mirror as we look ahead to Vegas and the final two races of the season. It is going to be amazing. Caps is ready to go. We're going to hear from him in a second. I need everybody, fans of Caps, fans of Nitro, fans of great battles and funny car and the championship to share this show. Let's get them out there so everybody can see what's going on. Real quick, I got to tell you about the people who make it possible, and then we'll go back later on in the show. Already told you about FTI Performance, but there's Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. They are doing great things for all kinds of engines, whether you've got boost, no boost, nitrous, no nitrous, naturally aspirated, Total Seal fits the rings. Of course, there's FTI Performance. There's Phillips-Connect. Smart trailer technology for those of you going over the road with a lot of different stuff, thinking about like Walmart and Amazon, or even if you got five trucks out there, you want to keep track of where they are, whether they're loaded, whether they're safe. And that's what Phillips hyphen connect is all about. Bernie speed shop, Bernie's.com. Josh Hart's got $5 million in inventory up there in Ocala, Florida. They do everything. Window tint, frame off restorations. They do consignment. If you're looking for your next muscle car, go to bernies.com. Plus our great friends at samtech.edu, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, and Marvin Rodak's coffeeandgrills.com. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about our big Patreon meetup out there in Las Vegas. It is going to be great. We're going to meet all the Patreons. They're going to be out there hanging out, and we're going to have ourselves a great time. But right now, let's bring them on. Ten points out of the lead. Funny car winner, Ron Caps. What's up, Caps? Good morning. Thank you for doing this so early out there. Yeah, you're welcome. Any Almost anything for you, Joe. This Thanks. is early. I got a travel day today to the East Coast real quick for a Napa tool show and then back home for a weekend off. Yeah, luck, lucky uh, lucky you. Come back, get a little. You deserve to recuperate and recover. We did uh, three in a row, weekend off, a big race down there in Dallas. And now here we are. We find ourselves with two to go. The countdown, like I, I love this so much because you know I'm a baseball fan. The Yankees yesterday in a do or die moment, right? Like you lose, you go home. That's it. Season over. All year wasted again. And I feel like the runs we're seeing in these categories are that, like moments, big moments where you roll to the starting line, and uh, you know if you don't win you're probably not going to be a champion. Yeah. And right here in San Diego, our Padres, same thing the other day. So it's playoff fever, like you said, and the countdown 
obviously there's some people who didn't like the countdown when it came out with it, but every year guaranteed the fans get their money's worth, especially if you're a fan, you know, to, to hit one of these six races and really, especially if you're going to be in Vegas and, and or Pomona, because it's going to come down to that for sure. Probably not pro stock like you and I talked about, but definitely top fuel and funny car and uh, especially funny car. Oh my gosh. It, uh, and that, you know, like you said, it was do or die. Uh, we had to make up ground. I felt like I let it get away from me in the, the final at St. Louis when uh, we lost in the final. Um, you know, we can't let those moments when we can take care of our own destiny get away from us. And we we made up for it. Everybody saying what's up. Uh, Lonnie out there, Britt out there, Jim Essex out there saying what's up. WFO at a special time. We'll get all the views and listens, though, as the day goes on. Um, you and Robert, two, two to two. Right. Like the countdown races, there have been four, two to two. We've spoken with Robert all year long. He's had a career year for him. The points get reset. Now you're 10 points out. But let's go back to Friday night. Right. Fifteen thousand dollars. That's nothing to sneeze at. And everyone was going for it. Hagen got it with that 82. Um, What was that experience like? Stampede of speed, something extra to take your attention, maybe off of your normal program for qualifying? Like, how did you guys navigate whether you should go for it or not go for it or like all of that? First of all, Stampede of Speed, I got to put it up there with places when people hit me up across the world, you know, what race should I go to if I'm going to hit one? Um, I always Brandard and Sonoma and Bristol and all these races like that. And uh, God, you got to throw, throw Ennis in for sure with what they do. It's so crazy and so fun. Uh, but the money, yeah, Friday night, uh, we didn't get down uh, Friday afternoon, first lap. We were last pair with Robert Height, and Guido pushed a little harder than he wanted to. We didn't make it, and that we lost a few little points we talked about. That put us way at the front of the pack on Friday's, you know, money run. And uh, I think we were second or third pair out. And Guido and Medlin, Napa guys threw down 386. And that I got to sit on the saddle for quite a while until Hagen came up, and they slaughtered that with an 82. Um, so it did put us, it got us a few more points back and then through qualifying. Um, but that 15 grand, I mean, everybody was shooting for that. I, I guarantee it. So that was one run. You only got the money for that one run. It didn't matter where you ended up. So then we focused on Saturday and, and try to make up those little points back. Yeah. And let's take a step even further back, right? You were part of the champions dinner. You and Justin went back to back here. And we uh, we talked about what a pivotal race was and they're doing stampede to speed next year. And it's not too early to think about fans are still learning about what this event is. Like, what is it? What are they doing? Why is it special? That champion's dinner, in my opinion, is a great example of why it is special. It was celebration, not obligation. You looked pretty chill, right? It doesn't look like you were getting autograph hounded at all. You were just enjoying a meal and you got to do a quick interview and we had a great band out there, but uh, you tell me, what'd you think of that experience? It was fun. I had the red carpet deal and uh, one of your longtime, very loyal listeners was at my table. Bobby Graham. Uh, yeah. And uh, so we got to talk a lot of WFO and a lot of fun stuff and we had some great fans there. Yeah, so it was, it was not, uh, it was very VIP ish. It felt very cool. And I guarantee next year is going to be a cutoff because it, it will be uh, overwhelming to get into that thing. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, you know, it kicked off a great weekend. Obviously, it ended up well for us. But, I mean, with the draw auction and all the other stuff going on. But just 
you know, now we get to pick, I get to pick a dessert for next year's dinner. I'm definitely bringing more people. I wanted to bring Paul Dolishaw from Toyota, who's right there in Dallas. A lot of our VIPs, so they better get bigger tables, first of all. But I, I thought it was fantastic. You got drivers up there, and we all got to say a little, you know, what was on our mind. And um, I had no idea we're going to end up back-to-back, so I'm looking forward to next year. And just a great a great weekend overall. It, it, that dinner really brought back a couple things for me. The old car craft awards that they used to do in Indy around U.S. Nationals. When I first started out as a crew member, I went with Blaine and Alan Johnson, and I remember walking in that place. I mean, you watched the Grumpy walking around, and uh, Grumpy Jenkins, uh, and uh, Forrest was just on fire on his acceptance speeches back in the day, and Bob Glidden, and it was just a who's who in there, and everybody had tuxedos on, and it was a big deal to be invited, Um, and same with the Coca-Cola Champions Dinner. So that felt like it was those two things merged in my brain. And uh, so for a fan, I would look out for those tickets coming up and, uh, and grab them when you can. Yeah. High compliments right there. High those events are, you know, foundational moments in the sport of drag racing. And that's what they're trying to create. They did. They did a great job. Billy Meyer and Christy Meyer Johnson, they are trying Elon doing a great job. And, uh, and so let's move on to Sunday race day. Whereas, we were throwing a curveball, like, okay, rain. Oh no, are we going to get it in? And we did get it in, which is so big. But the way it all happened, a little bit delayed, kind of fighting the clouds, but it was consistent all day. It's not like the sun ever came out. We had a nice, nice, consistent situation, and that's when the crew chiefs can really step it up. In the first round, you had Jeff Deal, but then, uh, not that Jeff is ever, and you were very complimentary to Jeff, like that car is capable. It's a capable car, and they actually gave you a pretty decent run. But then you had to run Force Robert Hagen back to back to back, and it was just crazy stuff. Force with a double O light, just crazy stuff. So walk us through those runs, but then uh, give us give us a little time before Robert and uh, and Hagen because that's as big as it gets. Yeah, I mean, first of all, like you said, for the fans who weren't there, it was hot and and difficult the first two days, right? Ninety degree temperatures. And then we all saw the weather and we saw this cold front coming. So a lot of drivers and crew chiefs that run well in those conditions, they were licking their chops, you know. So we knew the conditions actually were going to be probably better than Friday night, honestly. And um, so everybody geared up for it. And Jeff Deal is a guy that I've known forever. Obviously, if there's somebody out there right now that's got some money they want to spend, you need to throw it at people like Jeff Deal. He's a he's a, a guy that we want to see out there more often. He's a blast. I've known him since we were both crew members on Division 7 Top Alcohol Dragsters back in the day. He was on the uh, Spaghetti Bender. I was with Rizzoli Racing and, and wow. Alan and Blaine Johnson. So we go way back. Um, so it was very cool. Um, and you always want to see them do good. But obviously, that was an opening round for us. We just needed to get by him. And, uh, you know, then you got Force. And I, I, I we towed back after the Jeff Deal run. And of course, you're paying attention to what's going on and who you have next. And of course, it was Force and Pedregon. And I said, man, this is going to be a battle. So I was over by the radio in the tow vehicle listening. And John won on a whole shot. So I figured it had to have been one of those turn the top light off. Who knows what was going on with those two? They've raced forever. So we, we knew Force won. And uh, we had lane choice. Not that it really mattered, but um, that put us up against somebody right behind us in points. And obviously, you can't let Force get hot. And obviously, it's a great car. No matter what they did the run before, they they have capability going low ET of the weekend. So 
that was a matchup that I just had to do my thing and not let him get in my head, not let all the, the staging stuff uh, and let Guido do all the talking. And, and sure enough, we made another great run. And that, yeah. that put us against Robert. So one, one down and you're like, oh, my God, here we go. This is what we needed back. We needed to make up for St. Louis final. We knew we had to make a run here to, to go into Vegas with a little bit of points. And it was a big points swing if we could pull it off. So, and the weather was cool. And you know what Jimmy Proc can do. So there were all those things going into my head. I know for sure. And um, we were lucky enough to get by him. The, uh, the 40 point swing. I spoke with Robert after St. Louis and every one of those is a 40 point run. And uh, we, we stress that. Right. But I, I don't know that the fans understand. Maybe they understand. Maybe they easily understand. I don't know, but it's as big as it gets. Because like you win St. Louis, you're tied. Instead, uh, you're 40 points behind. In this case, if he beats you, if Robert beats you there, man, it's uh, it's very, very tough. I'm not saying impossible, but the math, like if you watch Texas Hold'em Poker on TV and you see that little percentage, like when the card gets flipped and the percentage changes from you know 20% to 80% that this hand is going to win, you lose that run, your percentage of becoming a champion just goes down dramatically, but you win. And then it goes back to, well, practically 50-50. The same is true for Hagen in the final round. But I want you to focus on Jimmy and Robert. You guys are the two greatest funny car drivers ever in history that are not named John Force. And your wins uh, indicate that. And you guys are in this like slugfest. And it's the crew chiefs, though, that I think are so amazing. And I think you mentioned it. They both worked with Austin Coyle. They both worked at John Force Racing. They're both on the Coyle tree and super, like they want to show what they can do. And they both are. Like it, it's as great as it can be for funny car racing right now. And a run like that demonstrates. Yeah, with Tobler's my crew chief, it was always fun because him and Jimmy were friends and they would go on vacations together. And and they both, I could tell, and Robert could tell, right? We We knew this. Um, and with Guido, same thing. They worked together so long at John Forces, so many of these great crew chiefs that were tutelaged, I guess, or got to learn and be around the great Austin Coyle, who taught so many little things that I see going on in my trailer all the time of what he taught uh, different people. So, you know, it's a big throwdown and it's sort of like that son wanting to be the favorite son for, for the dad. And And I joked about it, but it's really not a joke because they take it very serious and they it brings out a little bit more. They won't maybe admit it, but I, I guarantee it does for Jimmy. And I guarantee it does for uh, Dickie Venables and for sure for Guido and Medlin. Both, both work there with, uh, with Austin Coyle. So, you know, we always have the benefit. J Robert and I and, and Hagen, there's not a lot of games played staging. We know we get up there and we let our cars do the talking. And, Robert and I, it's always a battle because he's so good at what he does. And so is Jimmy and so is Dickie and Matt. But it's uh, it's the usual suspects right now at this time of the year battling for a championship. And, and you want to be one of those usual suspects. And we happen to be this year again. And when you come up with another one of those usual suspects, you have to take care of business or your, your year is over and you're starting to plan for next year. So that was a big one, man. That was a big, and I was shocked they smoked the tires. I, I didn't expect that. I, I was looking for his fender out, you know, at a thousand foot, but I uh, never saw it. So you advanced to the final against Dickie and Hagen. Hagen had been there all week. He was part of the Lantern Festival. He introed Brett Young. He had spent a lot of time there. 
And he told me early in the week, if we don't win the race, our championship hopes are done. Uh, that does, turns out to not exactly be true because Robert went out a little bit earlier and he got to the final. Um, but it definitely gets tough. Like for Tasca, it's very tough right now. It's very tough. I, I guess all three of you guys could lose first round, but it doesn't seem likely. But they ran that 82. So take me in the, as best as you can, into the like, you know, you can't just set up to run a 79, right? Like you, you what's it going to take and what can it hold and what are they going to do and what do we need to do? And what, like, how does that, how does that happen? Can you, <laughs> can you tell us that? Like, there's so many factors. Like if we run this and they run this and Ron cuts this kind of light and Hagen's going to cut this kind of light cause he's good. And how, how does that formula work for a final round against a car that, you know, number one qualifier and just as good. And on that given day, you know, maybe, maybe better at times. What, what, how do you do that? How does that happen? Well, we're pitted across from each other. Guido's wife, Kelly is the team manager at Tony oh, Stewart racing. I hadn't even <laughs> thought of that. That's such a fact, so, right? So every night we, you know, we go have dinner with Kelly and, you know, obviously Kelly, the benefit of having um, Guido's a crew chief when T Kelly left John force racing, went to Tony Stewart's this year. Tony was very kind in letting Kelly, Part of the deal going to work there was that Tony allowed her to help me and my upstart of getting going with my new team. So a lot of help from Kelly as well. So, you know, and, and Hagen and Dickie, they were teammates of mine for a long time. So a lot of that going on um, inside of our trailer. I mean, Jamie came over and interviewed as I was packing my shoot for the final and Hagen's packing his. And we were literally back to back Hagen and I like we could probably touch each other. We're both back packing our shoots and she did an interview and she just had to interview me turn around and walk over to Hagen so the fans were all packed in there and it was very cool it was a very cool atmosphere the clouds were getting darker it was getting later and it just had this throw down oh boy you know and we knew what Dickie ran the 82 in qualifying we knew those conditions were at least that good clouds were coming like it was going to rain and it was a little bit of mist so there was a lot building and they were rushing us for live tv and thank god fs1 and fox sports stayed on to show the final which was cool so it was a build-up and guido you know i know in the back of his head i don't have to ask him i go and sit when i get my fire suit on i'll sit for the for probably five or so minutes before i get in the tow vehicle and just watch him and Medlin and listen to their their chatter back and forth on what their mindset is i love that i've I grew up working on, on these things. And I, I love that mechanical side. And then it kind of tells me what's going on and I can expect in the race car. So I knew, uh, and both Hagen and I were shocked that we only went 91 and 92. I, I think our cars probably really ran 89s the way we staged in the final, maybe 88s. So it was par for course, but I think we both expected each other to run 85s or 86s and we went 335 twice, I think, 336 and 334. So our cars got big power. Um, but I made a rookie mistake, Joe. And I told Guido in the winter circle in the interview with, um, I think, Jamie at the top end, she had asked about, we didn't have lane choice. When I got out semis with Robert, I asked what Hagen ran and we lost lane choice going to the final. They had been in the left lane earlier on in the day. We just had been in the right lane since the get-go, even though it seemed like the left was better for dragsters. Guido just felt better in the right, and I said that in my interview, and I think it went over the PA, and I'm sure, because Guido would have done the same thing, I'm sure Dickie probably heard it, and if you know a crew chief's more comfortable in a lane, the first thing you're going to do is put somebody in a lane they're not comfortable, and we hadn't been in that left lane all day. 
Um, even though we saw Tasca haul the mail over there in that left lane a couple times, we knew it was good. But Guido just liked the right lane for whatever reason. And that's just the case sometimes. So I made that mistake, I think. And sure enough, we towed up there and they were in the right lane. I was, dang it. I mean, I've driven long enough, you know, not to, to let those little things out. And uh, so regardless, we went up there and not being down the left lane all day. I was just back about the burnout going, oh, please, just let's get down the track and not let this be the reason we lost. And um, so there was a lot going on, as you can tell. There's a lot of mental stuff the fans may not know that you probably would be surprised to see in the trailers and in the heads of these drivers and crew chiefs. So it was a big buildup and a big matchup. And uh, obviously, that's a one of the fastest, quickest cars on the planet. So we wanted our Toyota Supra to to go out there and run another 330 plus mile an hour run. And it did. That's why we need a reality show like uh drive to survive at some point. So we can go <laughs> back and see all that stuff. And we'll I'm get not it. sure you want to really know what's going on in here. Sometimes fans do sometimes, but Oh my gosh, we shot that American dragster show when I was the brute car and it followed us around. It's a great show. You can find it on DVDs. And I look back at it and I remember some of those moments and it's a really a good insight. So you're right. Yeah. A show like that would, would be fun, but I'm not sure the fans really want to know what's going on in our heads. Yeah, we do. And you were very, uh, you, you, you had a tough weekend as far as like keeping secrets, Ron, you had a tough weekend, right? Cause you talked about John and you're like, I think I got in trouble on that one. Um, yeah. but, Hey, it is what it is. Right. Like, but no, I, I, Medlin can't just get out of here and leave without somebody saying that, uh, we appreciate everything that he's done. Like, sorry, John, you, you, that does not how you get to walk out. Well, we won Charlotte and of course, Balin, that longtime kid that was a yep. great friend of ours and, and just a huge supporter passed away right before that. Um, we wanted to give John a, a trophy and you don't know, hopefully we get another one or two before the season's over, but it was so nice to do that and hand that to him before the season's over. And, uh, you know, now he's got more family coming to the awards banquet and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but he has deserved every bit of it. And he's excited about going and just relaxing a little bit. And we won't, we'll see him back out. I'm sure at certain times, but Martha deserves to have John Medlin for, uh, for all herself at home. Yes. Well, exactly. All right. I know you got another obligation. Then you're headed to Portland, Maine, not Oregon guys. So caps <laughs> is a busy guy. So someone asked if you're going to the hot rod reunion, I'm guessing no, uh, but, you know, like you deserve to get a little rest. No, I'm going to watch the stream. I, I go to Portland real quick today and come back Friday and I need a weekend at home to get some stuff down around the house and get ready for Vegas. But uh, I'll be watching the stream for sure. And all my, <clears throat> all my friends, and we're going to see a lot of those nostalgic cars, which is cool for the first time at the Vegas race, there's eight or nine of them coming straight from Bakersfield. And they're going to be running right behind top feeling funny car at the Las Vegas race. You're going to see all these nostalgia legends is what they're calling nitro funny cars and it's something that everybody's been working on and i think next year i think there's a chance you may see some of these fuel alters and for sure nitro funny cars nostalgia style with the likes of Cruz and dell and who knows what drivers now that we go and jump in these things on a saturday for the fans and you get to watch long half track burnouts and old school funny cars and that's the plan anyway um so i'm excited about that well, good deal. Good deal. Safe travels. Enjoy your uh, time out there with the Napa folks. And thank you for making time for WFO. And we'll see you in a week in Vegas to continue Always. what has been the greatest year ever of drag racing that I think. Uh, but that's my call. All right, Ron. Be good.
Thanks, man. See you guys. Here he goes. Ron Caps with us here on WFO Radio. Ron Caps doing a great job and um, the hardest working man in uh, drag racing show business. Ron Caps, right? He's all over the country, all over the world doing uh, doing stuff, doing sponsor stuff. Now, let me real quick. We got Justin Ashley next. And so we built a pretty good audience there with Caps. We're at WFO at an unusual time here in the morning on this given day because we're trying to get all the drivers in. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have Erica Enders. Erica Enders is going to be joining us at 12 noon Eastern time. And so fans of Erica, just know that Erica is going to be on the show tomorrow at 12 noon. But Justin and Hector Arana Jr. have all agreed to come on the show. And as Justin gets uh, suited up, if you will, for his interview, let me tell you about Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821. Hot, uh, amazing coffee, hot sauce, spice rub, barbecues, tools, tips, information down there in Fort Worth, Texas. He was out there doing a great job. If you love coffee, you will love Marvin's coffee. It's as simple as that. But here's the deal. Holiday time is a great time for you to use this as a gift. He has something called holiday packs and it's like a pound of coffee, a container of spice rub, a bottle of hot sauce. It's like one of those little baskets, except it's not. It just, he just sends it to you in a box and uh, you can gift this to someone. And that's what I've been doing for years. 817-924-6821. Frank Hawley's drag racing school, another great gift. Send them on the dragster adventure. Someone that loves drag racing. Maybe they're a fan. They can decide when and where, but get a certificate from frankhawley.com and they will love you greatly. And then Sam Tech, not really the Christmas gift kind of thing. It's more of a life career kind of thing. But if you want to become a machinist, a CNC programmer, EFI tuner, go to samtech.edu and call Brian Massengill directly and tell him you heard about it on WFO. All right, let's bring on Justin. Fans of Justin, it is now your time to shine and share the show. Share the show now. YouTubers, share the show. Click that share. And let's bring him on. He was at the Champion Center. What's up, Justin? Congratulations. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. It's been a uh, a fun few days. Two wins, or excuse me, two runner-ups and a win in the countdown. Like, that is a strong start. You got an 82-point lead, but it's not over yet. But you're probably feeling a little more comfortable than you were a week ago. Uh, you got to take in the Champions Dinner out there at the Stampede of Speed. Let's start off there. The prize for winning the Wally and the hat. You get to sit on Oliver and all of that stuff, but that champion's dinner is something new. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, it was awesome. I think that Billy and, and Christy Meyer and, and Elon Werner, everybody out there at the Texas Motorplex are, uh, are on something really exciting, something new, something fun. We really enjoyed it. I know I speak on behalf of all the drivers. We really enjoyed that whole experience. Um, we enjoyed everything about it. It was a tremendous, tremendous amount of fun. And, you know, to be able to go there, have a nice steak dinner, a little bit of chicken on top of it and some nice dessert. And the drivers got to choose it. Uh, really was fantastic. It was an awesome experience. Joe, you did a great job hosting it. And, you know, that was the first thing I thought of. I said, hey, you know, we won the race. I get to choose dinner next year. Next year will be dessert. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Exactly. Have you considered what direction you're going with the dessert for next year? Oh, it was already being discussed in the winter circle. Make no <laughs> mistake about it. I know from, so I don't want to give away anything that might be exciting i did hear caps mention creme brulee yeah which you know i don't want to give i don't want to be upset with me of course but i'm thinking more of a a cheesecake uh type of deal but i know that can be an acquired taste for some so i don't want to be uh too selfish i got to make sure it's something everybody's gonna like 
I like that. I like that you're putting thought into it. I did not enjoy the dessert because I was in starvation mode as we get ready for Vegas. Got some big stuff out in Vegas, but it looked great, that chocolate cake. And I guess it was a lemon uh, meringue or something like that. All right. You didn't qualify well, right? Tenth. You had to go up against Doug Coletta, who was seventh. You were the lower qualified car. And to me, the sign of a really great team is to be able to... I don't know if you struggled in qualifying, but you didn't hit it like you've normally been able to, to shake that off and go out and have success. Like that's the sign of a really good team. Like, yeah, qualifying, whatever we, uh, we went out and, and you went out and won the race. So talk a little bit about qualifying. We had an extra $15,000 on the line, the saddle. That was cool. I love that. And we had all the kinds of lights and music and everything going on, but just uh, tell us what happened in qualifying since it clearly did not trip you up. Yeah, so the funny thing about qualifying, it's a little bit ironic because we actually did run relatively well. Uh, we went the fastest of Q1, and after Q1, we were number one qualifier. We went the second quickest of Q4. So we picked up three, or I'm sorry, five bonus points along the way. I think we really just fell behind Friday night. Uh, if you wanted to qualify in the top half of the field, if you wanted to qualify well, your chance was Friday night based on the conditions. And uh, Look, our Phillips Connect team is aggressive. And that's a testament to Mike Green and Tommy DeLago and the job that they've been doing. We were trying to go probably a 66 uh, Friday night, and it was a bit too aggressive, and we didn't make it down. Now we made that run earlier in the day, so we felt comfortable that we could be that aggressive. But I think that's really where we fell behind is we just missed that prime opportunity when the conditions were the best. But, um, you know, overall, other than that, you know, the two sessions that we did make it down the track, we ran well. Unfortunately, you know, it just equated to us qualifying number 10 and having a tough first round matchup. But, uh, you know, on race day, especially when the conditions take such a big swing and change like they did and drop in temperature is a totally different ball game. And you really got to throw away everything that you learned anyway on Friday and Saturday and just apply what you can on Sunday. So Steve Torrance and I have uh, discussed over the last four years, the countdown, right? Like, he, you know, he doesn't really like it. Um, because it's uh, quote unquote artificial and he makes great points. And in fact, in 2020, when we had like a no countdown, I, I thought to myself, like, yeah, there's a lot of great points for this point of view that Steve has. And I greatly respect his opinion, point of view, Billy, uh, Billy as well. But then this weekend happens and we get back into the countdown and I see these matchups, you versus Doug, his playoff life on the line. and. Langdon, who is not really in it, but he can end, he can hurt Steve badly, right? And I think about all those matchups and how meaningful they are because of the countdown and how less meaningful, not, not meaningful, but less meaningful they would be if the points were just the points, whatever they were. And uh, I feel like my opinion, I see it both ways, but are, are reinforced. But talk about a run against Doug in the first round. You've just lost first round last race. If he beats you, man, that just hurts you so badly. And instead, like it's like gladiators in the in the uh, arena and their championship hopes are pretty much over because of that single race. And to me, like that is so exciting for the fans, assuming they know and understand it, which they may or may not. But, uh, you know, what's your take when you when you think about the runs in that context? Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Steve um, as a driver and as a person, um, and I respect his opinion. But in my opinion, I actually like the countdown. I know that there's, you know, mixed thoughts, mixed opinions on it, but I really like it. I think that in any sport, football, baseball, basketball, there's playoffs. 
and this is NHRA's version of the playoffs. And, you know, based on how you do in the regular season, you do get a certain amount of an advantage. But what it does is it sets up a really exciting last few races of the year, like you're talking about. Had the countdown not happened, I do not know what the points would have been when we were going up against Doug or uh, Brittany versus Antron these last few races or however it was. So it adds a lot of excitement. Uh, and, you know, just going into that first round, there's two schools of thought on it. The thought is, okay, um, you know, I'd rather race somebody not in the countdown early on, or I'd rather race somebody in the countdown early on. And uh, it almost acts as a 40 point swing, if you will, instead of a 20 point swing. So I always believed in uh, controlling our own destiny. And if we want to get after it and make a move, we were going to have to race somebody in the countdown anyway. So I like the way that worked out. Uh, I did not sleep all that well Saturday night knowing we had to race Doug, but um, look, it was a huge matchup. It was really exciting for the fans and I'd rather do it that way. If it has to be one way or another, I'd rather race somebody in the countdown early on and just try and take a bigger chunk out of it. But um, you know, Doug is, is a silent assassin, if you will. He'll, he's quiet, but you know, he'll rip your throat out uh, if you let him. So we knew that we had to be on our A game and uh, you know, our Phillips connect team was on it all day someone who i know who it is he just uh, is not his name's not coming up i'm watching you from 35,000 feet somewhere uh, headed to my neck of the woods south florida that's your dad mike is out there uh watching obviously he's your biggest uh, cheerleader out there um coming down to sunny south florida not so sunny by the way mike uh, hopefully you brought a jacket it's like you know 65 degrees and everybody is freezing down here yeah i know freezing in 65 freezing. Yeah. new yorkers he'll be in short but um, that's that's kind of cool. He's headed this way. But so Langdon takes out Steve. Langdon takes out Brittany. Now you got to run Langdon. And you guys are both known for your starting line prowess. And I just think about those runs. And you were able to really get up on the wheel. You both did. I, I think uh, your light was like a 31 or a 29 or something ridiculous. And his was a 38, like ridiculous, great runs. Um, when you have to run someone that is known for their starting line prowess, they're going to be great. Sean Langdon is going to be great. And his car is coming around. How do you do you prepare any differently? I know it's not the fun answer, but I really don't. To be honest with you, look, I know in the back of my head how good Sean is. I'm well aware of that. And we all are well aware of that. But, uh, you know, just from a driving perspective, I'm going to do the same thing every time, no matter who's in the other lane, because, look, it's not football where I can't study the opposing team. We need to control what we can control, and I cannot control what happens in the other lane. All I can do is control what we can. And um, the minute, you know, you lighten up or, try and take it easy on the tree or try and get aggressive on the tree. Uh, it's going to play with your emotions. And I think it can come back to haunt you. So uh, I take everybody seriously. I just go up there and do the same thing every time, uh, no matter who's in the other lane, no matter if it's the first round, the second round, the final round, no matter if it's qualifying. But it's funny. The funny thing about Sean is he's such a cerebral driver. Uh, he's probably the most analytical driver we have in our class or in the pro field. And uh, I think I cut a no 20 and he cut no 40 and, you know, I was talking to him up there uh, at the top end, and I said, you know, I cut an 040. He's like, well, just judging where your car was and how far ahead of how far ahead of me you were, I figured I was about two behind, so I must have been somewhere around 040. Sure enough, he looks at the time slip, it's 040. So, um, you know, he's uh, he's a fun guy to race against. 
he knows more than most, then uh, it was just another really good drag race. Yeah, no, very well. All that uh, super comp racing and uh, all these big money bracket racer. And the guy is, he's, he's many, many people say he's the smartest guy uh, when it comes to that racing math in the pit area. Um, but amazing stuff. So then you go on to the final round. Talk about prepping for the final. This thing is as huge. It's as uh, it's one of those moments where you know what's out there. You know what's possible. It's all on the line. So tell us about your prep for the final round. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun prep. It was a relatively quick turnaround. Um, it was a little bit of a funny day. Uh, not your normal prep or turnaround for any round, let alone the final round, because of the weather. Uh, and the change in the weather pattern. And there were some delays here and there, but just kind of getting ready to go. Uh, you know, our guys did a great job turning the car around quickly. And we were up there with plenty of time, uh, just kind of waiting. And I noticed when I got up there, how quickly they were moving through pro stock bike, pro stock, funny car. So it was like the minute you got into the lanes, you hop in the car and get ready to go because they were going to try and run this thing in case the weather took a big swing one more time. So uh, just ready to go. We knew that that time of the day, as good as the conditions were all day, they were going to be the best. They were going to be the best right there. And Austin went down. I think he, you know, unfortunately he beat our Toyota teammate the round before. I think he ran like a 68 or a 69. Uh, just another great drag race, one of many that day. So, you know, we kind of thought that, or I kind of thought I should say that he was going to go up there and probably run a 67, uh, 68 and good, be good on the tree. And sure enough, he cut a 38 and he was good on the tree and he missed it. But the next time he'll get it. You know, that's how this goes. He took care of business against us in Reading and, uh, that was behind us, but we went up there knowing we were going to have to run a 360 uh, if we wanted to give ourselves a chance to win that race, especially with the conditions being what they were. And, you know, we were able to go up there and, you know, put a good combination together and make a good run that, that turned into a win for us. Yeah. He's making the case for the, um, you know, the participation rule, right? Where if you show up and make two qualifying attempts at each race, you get to be in the countdown. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was thinking to myself, eh, do we need that? I don't know if, you know, why not let Austin try to climb as high in the points as is possible? Uh, and if he were to win six in a row in the countdown, let him in there. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because he's making a great case. That car's finally come around. I guess it hasn't been that long, but now you guys have run three times in the final. Like amazing. <laughs> um, great levers, great starting line prowess again. Well, what do you think about the way that that is working out? Yeah, I think that, look, these are the rules. This is the playing field. And the truth of the matter is if you are in 11th or you are in 12th and you make a bid to win the world championship, you deserve to be in the countdown anyway, because you have to make a monster, monster jump to be up there uh, in the top five, let alone the top three or compete for a championship. So the truth is Austin clay, they're running really good right now. And you know, they're in it. That's just the way the rules are. And if you make a move toward the top, you deserve to be in there anyway. So, um, you know, I think it just adds another uh, bit of competitiveness for them, for the fans and the drivers that are within the countdown. All right, let's look ahead to uh, Vegas. Um, obviously, this win. And you wrote, did you ride Oliver? That's oh, I rode Oliver. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike, just I want to make sure the whole world is aware that not only did I hang out with Oliver and sit on Oliver, the Watuzi, but Mike Green did as well. So we may have to send that uh, photo into you or national transfers to make sure it gets in there what's up with mike he seems very loose i'm liking this mike green i've known mike green for a while and um you know he's never like a you know super intense you can't talk to him guy but this year and especially the second half of this year 
my starting line interviews with him, like I'm loving what he tells us. He's like, yeah, well, you know, this is what we were thinking and this is what actually happened. And he just seems on, um, I don't want to say he's not stressed, but he just seems to be taking it as it is. What's going on with that? Because I'm really liking what Mike Green is doing. And by the way, maybe it, maybe those two are related, and that's why you guys are performing so well. Right. I think. I mean, I think that a crew job, a crew chief job, is probably the most stressful job in the business. It's very difficult, much more stressful than a driver, in my opinion. Um, but I think Mike, you know, look, I'm sure he feels pressure. We all feel pressure, but I just think he's unflappable, right? I think he doesn't ride that emotional roller coaster. He doesn't ride the ups and downs. And I think most importantly, you know, I think Tom, you'll say the same thing. Uh, Dustin Davis has done a great job of establishing the right culture within the organization and bringing in the right personnel. And I think that, you know, we put the people first. And I think that Mike's really enjoying this experience. He's having fun. Uh, Tommy Delag was doing the same thing. I can't speak to how it's been for him in the past. I do know that there's inherently a lot of pressure uh, within the countdown, within the whole year, but really as you get toward the end of the year and you're trying to make a push for the championship. But I think it's probably because, uh, you know, Mike's been there, done that before. Mike's a great guy, uh, you know, but he's not going to ride that emotional roller coaster. He's focused on the task at hand. And I think right now he's really, really enjoying it. And he's really having a lot of fun and taking in the moment. And I think you can see that. Yeah, you, you, we can't get ahead of it, though. Obviously, you got an 82-point lead, two races to go, one of which is points and a half, so two and a half point uh, races remaining, uh, really. Auto Club Finals and Vegas, which is going to be fun. Some really cool announcements coming out about Vegas and getting back to doing some stuff we, we used to do. You've been saying one round at a time, and I put you on the spot on the stage, like, all right. What does it mean, though? Quantify it. Uh, you're li- you seem to be living that. You seem to be living that mantra, the one round at a time. It's not necessarily exciting, but maybe it is because maybe it is exactly what separates winning from losing, focusing exactly on what is in front of you and nothing else. Yeah, you're right. Look, that's exactly what it means. Um, we have an 82 point lead for me. I, I, I don't want to say I do not care, but it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change anything that I do. It's not going to change anything that we do. And the minute we start trying to play prevent defense or the minute we go into a different mode than we were before, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. Look at Steve Torrance in St. Louis. The minute that door cracked open a little bit, he slid right in there. And if we give these drivers behind us a chance to do that, they're going to pounce and capitalize on every opportunity that's available to them. So for us, we just keep going. We keep moving ahead. We stay on the offense one round at a time. Um, Look, it might be a little cliche, but I'm not even thinking past, you know, Friday or Q1 in Vegas because, uh, you know, that's not going to help us. Right now, we just have to qualify the best we can, take it one round at a time during qualifying, take it one round at a time if we're lucky enough to race on Sunday and try and put ourselves in a position to win. Because when you start following the points, none of that's going to matter if you don't take care of business yourself. So uh, just trying to learn from the experience of Mike, learning from the experience of Tommy, uh, Justin Covarrubias, Jeff Vacation, some of the guys on our team who have been there, done that, won championships before, and uh, kind of apply it to my thought process and, and what we're going to do for the remainder of the year. Justin, thank you for joining us on WFO Radio. Special time, a little early. Uh, you jumped right in. I really appreciate that. Also, Mr. Epler and Phillips Connect coming on board to support WFO Radio this season. I appreciate that as well. And he seems to be Having a great time. Jim Epler seems to be loving everything that's going on right now. 
Oh, he's, I mean, Jim is the best. It's great to be able to come back to the pit and, you know, away from the track at the track, be able to spend time and, and learn from Jim driving uh, and learn from him from the business side. But I also want to touch on one more thing, if that's okay. Yes. Um, you know, we are in conjunction with Phillips connect and the Wyken foundation, which is a great foundation that we've been partnered with uh, that helps provide support for veterans who are making a transition into, uh, you know, this next phase of life, we are launching the racing for warriors raffle. So we're encouraging all those out there to provide a donation, to help the veterans provide a donation to the Wyken foundation. And in exchange, they're going to receive a raffle ticket to potentially win a number of really great prizes, a limited edition Phillips connect, Justin Asher racing diecast car. They just came in. We only have a few hundred of them a signed crew shirt, tickets to a race, a video message from me. Um, so just encouraging all those out there to donate to the Wyken Foundation. We're going to share the page on our social media. Veterans Day is coming up right before Pomona, November 11th. And we're going to have those veterans out there. But that's something that's near and dear to my heart. Phillips Connect has worked with Wyken for a long time. So again, racing for warriors, enter for your chance to win a really, really cool racing prize. And we want to do everything we can to, to support the veterans. You know, they gave for us. Uh, now it's time to give back to them. Wow, that is great. Tremendous. I absolutely agree. And we're going to push that out. And once you share it, we'll share it on, on all of our feeds. And hopefully our listeners will as well. Justin, great job. Enjoy the uh, the weekend off, whatever you're going to do with it. Uh, you know, be watching your Jets, right? You're a Mets Jets guy, right? All the way. Yeah, I'm uh, the, the, Met, the Met in me. Uh, my heart my heart kind of broke. Congratulations to your Yankees for moving on. But yeah, we have right. the Jets right now. It's, it's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. All the New York teams are doing pretty well. The Mets <laughs> had a great season. Yes, the Yankees are going up against the Astros. So they're America's team and everybody's rooting for them and no one's rooting for the Astros. But uh, the Jets, my little nephew's a Jet fan and he is just in my face all the time. It's great. So uh, good, uh, good job this weekend and we'll see you in Vegas. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. There Thanks. he goes, Justin Ashley with us here on WFO radio. And so that's two of the three winners. Remember we got Erica Enders tomorrow at noon. We're all over the board here on WFO when it comes to time, but how about this guy wins in camping world series, pro stock motorcycle fans of the bikes. This is your chance to show that you love the pro stock motorcycles by sharing the show on your feeds, your social media. This guy comes out of nowhere. I don't know if he came out of nowhere, Hector Arana jr. What's up, Hector. Congratulations. Thank you, Joe. And, uh, you know, it feels good to be back on the show. You're back, baby. You're back. That's the thing about these shows. You win your way on. That's always been the WFO interview deal. You win your way on the show. But, man, it's um, it's tough to come off the, I don't want to say the bench. Uh, how would you characterize it? To run a limited schedule. I believe you told me this is the same engine that you've had since 2019. Something like that. To go out there and get a Wally in those circumstances. In the playoffs. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, it really is because uh, when you're racing in the countdown, everybody's got their A motor in the bike. They're, they are gunning for it. There's no more uh, sacrificing a race for testing or taking it easy. Your points are at stake, and guys are running their best and as best as they can. So um, it's tough. And like you said, running a limited schedule, you're, you know, things change so quickly. And when you, when you're not, going you know to every race and, and consistently testing you know next thing you know you're behind the eight ball and you know just the track conditions change the way the tracks are prepped um you know it's totally different from when i was racing uh you know full time and so 
you know, we, we still are able to go back and look at notes, but the notes don't correlate anymore because the, you know, the settings are different. The track prep is different. You know, the tires, everything has changed. So now when you come out, you know, you're behind. So for us, you know, Dallas was uh, really big. And the reason is because it was a stampede of speed and, you know, there was really good incentives to go. Uh, you know, they they helped out the drivers and gave the drivers extra uh, funding to come to the race. They uh, provided uh you know a free test session on wednesday on the track surface that you're racing at and uh you know that all that was a big help because that allows us to you know get back in the game there was a a few components that we wanted to test that normally we wouldn't because you only have three or four qualifying runs and you can't afford to get lost so when we would go we put in the best tune-up that we could um you hope that it works out. And then by the time, you know, Saturday comes around, you're putting in, you know, you're a nice conservative, what you think is going to be your best consistent uh, package. So that way come Sunday, you know, you can go around. So uh, to be able to come in and test was huge for us. We were able to try different things and able to turn the corner in our program, you know, to, to kind of get back on pace with the rest of the field. And, and it paid off on Sunday. You got through some heavy hitters uh, and that are in countdown contention. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the tough deal, right? Breaking hearts out there. They're fighting for championships. But uh, tell me about the final round. You, you got to be thinking, you know, I've had some good bikes earlier this year. I, I talk about being rusty. Like you had a couple of red lights. Like to be able to go out and just be on the cutting edge of performance where you've been in your life in the past, that's got to be really hard, right? You can't do it. But to get that test and your lights were really good over the course of the weekend. And um, you were able to go down the track. Yeah, you know, Sunday was, like you said, uh, I, I had some uh, kind of gremlins and some different things that we were fighting. And with that, I kind of changed uh, the way I was riding because of another issue to try to compensate. And then just that that wanting to win so bad kind of overcomes you and then you start pushing a tree too hard. And, uh, so what, uh, you know, I, I said, you know, I finally figured out, I said, I know what I'm doing wrong. And I, I, you know, when it, when I finally figured out it clicked, I'm like, this is where my mistake is. And, uh, so when we came to Dallas, I knew exactly what to do and, you know, kind of overcome that red lighting issue. And, and then from there we had a, you know, a good solid consistent bike and, um, like you said, it wasn't easy. There is heavy hitters. Uh, I had to go against three Matt Smith bikes. So um, it was, I tell you what, it, it was tough. I had Matt Smith Suzuki that was, you know, piloted by Chip, which is, you know, a great rider. Then I had Angie, who's doing an awesome job this year and is super fast. And then right after her, I had Matt. So it's like I, I couldn't catch a break from them, but uh, I was able to get past them. And I guess they couldn't catch a break for me either. And then, uh, you know, from there, of course, Jerry, Jerry's always cutthroat. And, uh, you know, even then he, he, uh, got me on a tree. I was, you know, I was better the round before. And then when we came to, uh, the finals, you know, I was like, you're amped up. You got the adrenaline going. We're, we're it's a rush against the time and the weather. So we're rushing up there. We get, as soon as we get there, we're suiting up. The guys are checking the track and we're going right in the water box. There wasn't no, Let's wait for the TV. There was no settling in. It was right into it. So, uh, 
you know, I, I made sure that I was squeezing the clutch a little extra hard because that's how we can control our uh, reaction times is, you know, you, you squeeze the clutch a little harder and, you know, because you're doing squeezing a little harder, that'll slow you down. And, you know, I was at 020 in uh, Q and E3 against Matt and it's like, you know what, I don't want to chance this. So I, I you know, your adrenaline's really pumping and you're in the final round. So I squeeze the clutch a little harder. Uh, you know, it was coming, getting close to sundown, so you could see the lights even brighter. So he did. He got me off the tree, and, uh, you know, I couldn't tell that. I wasn't able to know, like, we, I run with blinders on my helmet, so I, I didn't know that he had treed me, which is probably for the better. And, you know, I, I popped the clutch. I knew I was green, and I tucked in and made the best run that I could, and uh, it paid off because we needed that 682 to get around him. Yeah, you, you don't want to go that far to runner up and runnering up is not bad, but the story, like the great Cinderella story, the Iran is returning and winning like that was a big one. And your dad, so happy on the starting line. Your brother, Adam was out there. Just the whole fam. I told Adam, well, we now know that you have to show up to every race, Adam. And he laughed, you know, that kind of deal. But um, just so great for you guys. But this guy, Jim says it right. Like how in the heck does the first pro stock bike, in the 200 mile per hour club, not have a sponsor. And we know the answer, right? You had this very long relationship with Lucas. That was a long, long time and a great relationship. And then that ended and that's unfortunate, but to go out and make new relationships is a, is a challenge. But from what I understand, you're working on it, right? Like you would love to be out there full time. I know you have a job now. You have like a real life style job. You're a dad, you got two girls, you got a fam. There's all kinds of stuff, but is that something you're working on? Because I'm trying to push it for you. Oh, it, it's definitely something we were working on. And, uh, you know, this weekend was, uh, you know, to add to our Cinderella story, we were able to, uh, I'm not going to give a name yet because it's not, a, it's, it's a done deal, but it's just going to wait a couple more days. But we will be going to Vegas and Pomona and we Thanks. have a sponsor for the last two races. And, you know, you know, the whole fingers crossed, it turns in some more, uh, so it's it's a really green new relationship, but uh, we have a deal, and uh, we are you know there is money, and we are going to you know they it was kind of a deal made after the winning of the race, and it's kind of like what will it take for you to go to the next few races? And it was a quick conversation and a handshake deal, and we're going uh, we're going racing, and uh, so uh, I'm excited, uh, really good people, and. Um, you know, can't wait to, you know, put press release out there. And once we get all the details laid out and, um, you know, go out to these next two races and to, to be able to represent the company. And uh, and then hopefully, you know, it, it becomes a good relationship and maybe it turns into more. We'll see. Right. Or another relationship. The thing is, you guys are a value. You're a great family. Racing the bikes is not like a nitro car. It's not that expensive. You're not asking for three million dollars. Um, but you've done such a great job over the years and you know what you win races. Like I think this weekend, like what matters in drag racing? Well, winning races is what matters. And you guys are capable on your own dime. Imagine if you had a decent sponsor and, and you could do some activation and all of that. I, I wish you the best. And plus, uh, now I know I could have some Cuban coffee out there, which is, yes. Really yeah. So you'll have Cuban coffee and, uh, you know, I know my other competitors, those guys are like, oh, man, he's going to come to the last two finals. We're over here racing for the countdown, and now we're going to have Hector in there spoiling. So, uh, you know what? I'm gunning for some wins. I need I need more wins. I want more wins. I'm hungry. 
and uh you know i'm still on on that cloud nine from winning dallas so uh you know just going to use that confidence that momentum and hopefully continue to carry that to the next two races and you're going to the champions dinner next year like is this, is this locked in you, you get invited you get celebrated now you have no matter what happens you have to run dallas next year oh we, we gotta run dallas got to go defend you got to have go to that like you said the champions dinner and uh, i get to pick the entree so you know maybe we'll uh have some of that miami cuban puerto rican spice cuisine going on oh man get up a little bit get the lechon going i like it i like it i will be at home that is for sure hector thank you very much congratulations to you your dad your mom the whole fam like great stuff to come back and right in the middle of the countdown shock everybody get a win that speaks for what you guys are capable of thanks for making the time and coming on wfo joe thank you so much i appreciate everything take care bye there he goes hector arana yeah, that was a very popular win for Hector. And um, the guy was out at the Fan Fest. He jumped right into the deal and came out and signed and hung out with the fans. It was great. Let's see. Can Hector at least say if his new sponsor is... No, let, just wait for the release, Lonnie. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. Like, we going to push this guy. I could probably lean on him. I'm not going to lean on him. Let him, uh, let him release it when he's ready to release it which will be next week. The race is next week. We're all going to be out there. Speaking of next week, let me check NHRA.com here. Let me check. Cause I want to make sure that everybody knows like, you know, Vegas, there's some good stuff that's going to be happening in Vegas. No, it's not official yet. Not out there just yet. We are having our big WFO radio, Patreon meetup. This is it. The Patreons. These are people who support WFO as members they are members. They get their own special shows and little messages and they get a pin and a patch and all of these things, decals. They kick in a monthly fee that they choose. And it's amazing. So many people are Patreons. Well, we said at the start of the year that Vegas too would be our big Patreon meetup. And Dave and Sue Morris, super gas racers from South Carolina are making the trek. They're going out there for the two uh, Vegas races, national and uh, regional. And we've got people coming in from all over the country, maybe all, all around the world to be part of our Patreon meetup. And uh, it's going to be great. So maybe you would want to join the Patreons and support WFO Secret Society behind the scenes and uh, find out that information. Plus our great friends at Marvin Rodak, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com. It was like Stampede to Speed was our own Patreon meetup as well because we had so many WFOers out there. Like I said, Bobby Graham got to hang with Ron Caps. They're like buddies now. That's pretty funny. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure, is what I push because it's for regular people. Like maybe you want to get into your alcohol dragster or alcohol funny car license, or maybe you just want to send one of your friends on a really awesome single-day experience. And they go all around the country, and they're coming to you, and they're bringing their dragsters, and you show up with nothing but the clothes on your back, or they show up with nothing but the clothes on your back. Go to frankhawley.com, this Dragster Adventure. It's a great gift. And say WFO, by the way. You know, I, I want credit. <laughs> It'd be good if they knew, though. And uh, samtech.edu, same situation, but for education, right? You're looking for a career. We've been talking a little bit about, you know, our Hidden Horsepower podcast and the Engine Performance Expo coming back. But these machinists, CNC programmers, EFI tuners, learning about engine blocks and cylinder heads. Samtech teaches all of it, and it is a great program. Go to samtech.edu. They got the job done. In the final round, a heads-up final round in Superstock, one of their class cars, Brandon Bakey's, won a heads-up 
final round against Patterson elite. Like they know how to make engines. And I talked to Brandon and he was like, I can't, I can't believe like that says so much about Samtech and our students. It, and it really does. Go to samtech.edu to find out more information. Of course, bernies.com. Go to Bernie's Speed Shop. Follow their social media. Check out all their inventory. The next time you're looking to buy a muscle car, a classic car, check out Bernie's first. They've got over $5 million in inventory. They do consignment if you're looking to sell as well. And they do restorations. They do it all. They build trucks and trailers. They do so many different things. They do movie props. They do so many different things. Bernie's.com. Phillips Connect. Mr. Epler, Justin Ashley, Mike Ashley, this whole team. Uh, but really, it's such a great, great program because it's smart trailer technology, keeping our roads and highways safer, keeping our roads and highways on time, making sure that people who have fleets of trucks and trailers out there are able to keep up with what's going on with them. Right? Go to phillips-connect.com. It's not really the kind of thing that an individual can go get a sensor. It's more for businesses, but go to phillips-connect.com to find out more information. FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. I had the great honor, really great honor to be at the turnoff after the win in the Lucas oil series. It was Saturday night. We knew the rain was coming. So they made the call to run to completion on Saturday night. And so uh, Nikki, the social media director and I went down there and we just camped out and we pretended to be the TV folks. And do the winter interviews. And so Top Dragster rolls around the corner. It's Wayne Johnson. Beautiful car. First thing I notice, FTI, part of the contingency program. So he's sporting FTI parts and pieces. That was in Vortex Superchargers Top Dragster. Vortex Superchargers Top Sportsman, Jimmy Lewis. Same thing. Boom. And I took a picture of each because I thought to myself, this is what drives home the point about these transmissions and torque converters. So if you're an aspiring bracket racer, if you're a weekend warrior, if you're just looking for a shift kit in your Turbo 350 transmission Camaro, these are the people you should go to. FTIPerformance.com, supporting WFO here in 2022. And I'll be uh, checking them out in SEMA and PRI. So listen up for when I'll be in the booth and uh, you can come down, FTI Performance. And then there's Total Seal Piston Rings. The new episode of Hidden Horsepower features David and Ray Barton. Ray Barton, he does not do media. And he was very interesting. And they were on the precipice of the championship and they won it now. Check out Hidden Horsepower with Total Seal. And which piston rings do you think they use? Exactly, Total Seal. It's just great stuff. If you're building an engine, if you're an engine builder and you're not using Total Seal, I think you're in left field. I, I really do. All right, let's get your comments, final comments before we get up on out of here. What a great show, right? Remember, tomorrow morning, Erica, Erica Enders on this show, 12 noon Eastern, 11 Central, Erica Enders going to be on the show, going to talk about she hasn't won the championship yet. Like Reinhardt and I were doing semantics yesterday. Like it's 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 inevitable, but it's not inevitable. You got and and you can all figure out why we're doing the little dance, right? You got to make it to the track. You got to get your qualifying points. You got to stage the car up. You got to go through a process. But she has got a sizable lead. And at that champions dinner we were at the other night, Greg Anderson won last year and he looked right at her and he said, you have done a great job this year. And I felt like it was awesome respect from one champ to the other, from one of the greatest to one of the greatest. And uh, we'll have Erica on the show. She'll relay 
that story. And I want to make sure I show some of the photographs. Obviously, the Stampede of Speed with the fire and the lights and Oliver. Such a great event. Caps getting the win. Hector getting the win. Just so many great moments out there. I was there for nine days, really 10 days. Look at John Medlin. There's caps on Oliver. I didn't I didn't ask him about that because I wanted to sh you know shuttle him off to his next obligation. All right, let's see what the comments are in the comment section. Guys, hopefully, if you made it this far, you will do this when I ask you to. We don't have a huge marketing budget on WFO. We are the mom and pop store fighting against massive media conglomerates and corporations. If you love the story of the little guy entrepreneur, that's us. And what you can do to be helpful to the show is share it on your social media, on the F book, on YouTube. Subscribe, click the bell, subscribe on Twitter, retweet it so that people can see the show. And if their fans are Ron Caps or Justin Ashley or Hector Jr. or drag racing in general, they will see this show. There are so many people out there that they are they got their iPhone and they don't even know what's on it still podcasts, subscribe to the podcast, all of those things. That's how you can help WFO Joe. And I would appreciate it. Or maybe, and you know what? Maybe you root for the big giant corporation against the mom and pop store too. There's people who do that. And if that's the case, that's your business. Let's see what everybody says. Great show says Scott. Monica says great show today. Thank you. Troy going to be in Vegas. Going to be a lot of FTI machines at the million this week. Yeah, that is a fact. The original million. Big money bracket race going on. This guy, Troy, does a bit on our ignition show. We used to call it the big money minute, but now it's the big money report. He is, a, you know, follows every big money bracket race that's going on in the country. And he gives us a report each week. So Monday he'll have one. Thank you, Troy. Troy's coming to Vegas. Good show. Thank you. In Vegas, we gamble on qualifying runs. We gamble on everything. Everything. Even among the fence fans, money is changing hands all day. And shouldn't it, though? Then should. Did I get a hat? Did I get a hat? I got a hat, baby. I got my Texas Motorplex hat. This is what you get when you're the voice of the stampede of speed. I never thought I would look good in a cowboy hat. People told me I did. I don't know. I judge it. I'm not judging that. But, yeah, I got a cowboy hat. Barry Johnson, Christy Meyer Johnson, Billy, they gave me this hat. After, you know, working, you know, you spend 10 days with people working hard, nose to the grindstone, picking them up, putting them down, figuring it all out. And they gave me this wonderful hat. And this is a real cowboy hat and it's fit and size to me. But the best part, that Motorplex logo, that is just super cool. But the hat that I was most excited about yesterday, and my apologies to Michael Heiner and Steve Bremwald and all the Cleveland Guardian fans out there. But that was a must win race, uh, must win race yesterday. It was a must win game yesterday. Right. Yeah, they tell the Patreons tell us what to do. Exactly. Going to get a shot of Cuban coffee in Vegas. Oh, man. The Iranis Cuban coffee is awesome. Addie came over and she's like, would you like? Yes. Right in the middle of the day. Perfect time. Perfect time. I had a good time. Thank goodness the Yankees won. Like, I would have been incredulous. It would have been sad. It would have been a very tough deal for me to deal with the Yankees uh, losing in round one of the playoffs and no, uh, you know, disrespect to the guardians and the guardian fans out there. They had a great year. They really a spirited and amazing team, a lot of energy. You might want to get upset about that. Uh, you know, that baby thing that was bulletin board material. 
and clearly got everybody in the Bronx fired up about that. Like, should you give your competition bulletin board material? You have to fire, uh, you got to try to avoid that. And they did. They obviously got fired up. Stanton home run, judge home run. But now none of that matters, really. That's the rearview mirror stuff. What matters is the Astros. And they have had our number badly. It's in 2017, obviously. They were doing the cheating and everything and that, you know, but they've beat us a bunch of times. It's not not any one thing. It's going to be very difficult. And honestly, I feel like the Bronx Bombers are the dramatic underdogs. You know, you're going against Verlander. I believe we got a guy, you know, who is less known than future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander. It's going to be tough. But the scrappy New York Yankees, you know, that team that everybody loves, America's team, going up against the Houston Astros juggernaut. They've been in the ALCS like how many years in a row now? We're going to give it our all, and we're going to capture the spirit of the Bronx, and the ghosts will be there, Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and Babe Ruth and Scooter and Yogi and all the greats, Harris. Yes, Grayson's birthday. Plus, we got NASCAR in town. Eric Almarola joined me this morning. I'm going to play that later today. Eric Almarola talked about getting free bacon, talked about Tony Stewart's annoyance with NASCAR right now talked about the new car and why it's a challenge did a nice 10 minute interview with Eric Amarola from Stuart Haas Racing that will air on our pages and our YouTube channel um, it's funny how WFO which has always been total motorsports we love Formula One we love NASCAR we love sports cars we love it all drag racing centric obviously since the very beginning because that's what I do I'm a licensed super comp super gas super street bracket racer who happens to work for the national hot rod association so we've chased away all the nascar fans what are you gonna do it is what it is doesn't mean we can't talk to them a little bit as they get ready for the dixie vodka 400 at homestead miami speedway all right everybody tomorrow 12 noon write it down 12 noon erica enders 12 noon don't miss it thanks to our winners wfo